Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap, everyone. You're here with Andrew and Spring, and we can't wait to answer your questions about sex and relationships. Today, what do we got going on? Uh, The world is changing if you're in the United States and a few other countries. And I wanted to start out with some really good news. We see we have this guidance from the CDC. Um, You've you've read about it, right? All the new guidance coming out. Yeah. So spring is a little (laughs) more hesitant about it. I live in New York City. It's pretty crowded. (laughs) It is. It is crowded. So I think. What we're talking about is the CDC has come out saying that if you are vaccinated and you need to like shout that before every single announcement, like if you are vaccinated, you no longer need to wear masks at gathering, masks in public, masks at Target or Walmart if you are vaccinated. So go get your vaccines, everybody. If you are it's 12 or 13 plus now, you can go get them and they're free all over the country. They're now being offered at doctor's offices and CVS and Walgreens. We're not sponsored by any of these people. We should be. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you are vaccinated, right, that like just say that yeah. first every single time extra loud, like you can now sort of enter back into the world in a, a very normal way. Funny story, I was at Disney World last week celebrating um, and Disney changed its guidelines where everyone could take off their masks. I kept mine on because I realized that I don't trust people to be honest about their vaccination status. Exactly. But um, I am vaccinated and Spring is also vaccinated and I can't wait to see her and hang out and do all kinds of fun things with my friends without masks on. It's going to be so weird to see people's faces up close and get hugs and be close to people again. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, I went to an outdoor dance thing last weekend where we've been wearing masks and dancing outdoors since last July. And um we didn't have to wear our mask at it this last weekend. They decided to stop enforcing that rule and it is outdoors and I'm vaccinated. And so I hesitantly took my mask off and danced and felt really weird about it the whole time and also felt extremely vulnerable and bare. And it was kind of scary. And I felt like I kind of wanted to put my mask back on. I mean, that's exactly how I felt when I was at Disney World too. Like even when I was outside, you know, at a table with just my little group where everybody was vaccinated, I felt very awkward. It's going to be an interesting move back into society, though I can tell you, um, like 80% of people, as soon as the rules change, we're like, okay, goodbye mask. <laughs> yeah. And not all the people that should be. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we need to do a better job overall at messaging, just like in huge flashing letters at the beginning and ending of every announcement about not wearing a mask. Like if you are vaccinated needs to be on either side of that. So, um, so hopefully you're vaccinated and you can start enjoying the world. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Like I was at a little event last night. There was like live string quartet music. It was outside and socially distanced. Um, and you rented a couch in a tiki. Um, it was really, it was, so cute. It was really, it was really beautiful and fun. Um, and I'm excited to start doing more and more things like that. Still socially distanced, still outside. I don't know if I'm ready for big indoor stuff yet, but hopefully soon we can start getting out and enjoying the rest of the world. So, mm. but that's great news. So, uh, great news. yeah. So if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask pretty much anywhere you don't want, unless the company or business tells you that you should wear one and then you should still follow their rules. Like where I am right now, you have to still wear one when you're outside on campus. It's totally fine with me. I kind of love them. 
Might, mm-hmm. I, might, I might just stick with them. I'm going to wear them every time I fly the rest of my life. I have a mask that has um, a mustache and beard on it. And the background of the mask is like my skin color. So it looks like I have a mustache and a beard on. And it also has a pipe in the mouth. And so then like when I'm talking, the pipe just kind of j- jiggles around a little as I'm <laughs> talking. And it looks hilarious. That's my favorite mask. I mean, I'm definitely keeping that one forever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have any favorites. Mine is just like flowers and Brando. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, but congratulations, world. Congratulations, everybody, especially people in the United States. We're mostly talking to you right now, though other countries are pretty rapidly getting to the same place because we know we have listeners all, all over the planet. Um, transitioning into our question, what are we talking about today, Spring? We're talking about past traumas. Yeah, so we have a question that came in. Um, how can I prevent bad previous relationships from poisoning my current relationship previous traumas oh yeah i call so my girlfriend tini and i we made up the word traumas it's our cute word for trauma so like when we're talking about oh yeah i got some past traumas around that it just you know lightens up the mood when we're talking about some pretty heavy junk <laughs> i am not going to be using that if i'm talking about a previous <laughs> trauma i want like trauma mama. like i want like a bigger <laughs> version of the word to like really bring home like my feelings about it but you know if you need to like cuten it up i guess traumas is okay you should go put it in um wikipedia <laughs> and urban dictionary and like put put you and teeny's name on it so we know like yeah. it came from you like yeah. your okay. word okay. i got some traumas yeah It's so fetch. (laughs) All right. Um, So we're talking about what happened in the past with bad relationships impacting your current relationship. Um, And the person who submitted this question didn't give us guidance. Like, we don't know if it's like your previous relationship or if it's your partner's Partner's. previous (laughs) relationship. Um, but we we know we we all know that like things that happen in our past and our partner's past can do some real damage to our current relationships. So where do we want to start with this? I think maybe we should start with talking about a few examples of like what might have happened in a previous relationship that could affect a current relationship. So I think like if we start with cheating, like that's a pretty easy one to kind of start with so we can get a good example going here. So um, if I was in a previous relationship with a man and he cheated on me or he um, did things and didn't tell me, you know, when he promised he would tell me things, um, all of these would then, you know, contribute to me maybe being less willing to trust someone in the future or being more skeptical of what someone says or maybe maybe not believing what someone says, because I might have some previous trauma around that. I have been burned before um, trusting someone in a certain way. And so then I might carry that forward, even though I might not mean to, or I might not even realize it. Right. Absolutely. Um, and those are the kind that like, those are the kind of situations, especially cheating that can really hurt somebody and it stays with them. And even if you go to therapy and even if you get counseling and even if you feel better about it, you might still have some lingering doubts about yourself or that other person. And I think it's really important in the example that Spring's bringing up right now, most of the work that needs to happen to get through that trauma is work that the person who is cheated upon has to do for themselves. Like you need to work on your feelings of insecurity, your feelings of being betrayed, your feelings of loss. Um, 
because unfortunately that new person you're dating no matter how honest they are with you no matter how much you know support they give you if you still think they're going to cheat on you right if you still have insecurities from that previous relationship and you're sort of taking those negative experience of your past and you're putting them on this other person like the problem in the relationship is you mm-hmm. and and it's like so unfair, right? Like it's like in that example, someone has done something bad to me and now I have this trauma that I'm carrying forward and now I have to deal with that and I have to work with it so that it doesn't ruin every relationship in my future. And and I think let's also talk about the examples of like what that actually looks like, like in the new relationship, right? So it could be in this example, like I'm dating someone and maybe um, they um, tell me everything they're supposed to and they're totally honest with me and I just don't believe them because I have had, you know, someone else before lie to me about that or cheat on me. They come home late from work one day or right. they were out at a friend's house or, you know, like, And it's one of those things where in your brain, these really normal everyday occurrences that happen, like I got cut up somewhere or I was hanging out with friends or I went to go visit family, like you create stories inside of your head about what's happening and stories where, you know, if you can take yourself out of that emotional trauma and look at it, you're like, you know, this probably isn't true. This is my head playing tricks on me. This is me reliving that past trauma that I haven't really recovered from and then forcing this person to, you know, justify their behaviors in an impossible way to me, right? Because once you've made up your mind about all these situations, if you constantly think this person's cheating on you, even though they're not, if they've given no indication that they're doing it, right? Like it harms that relationship. And it's really you're, you're making up stories in your head based on your past experience and not on your actual current relationship. And it's confusing because we in our lives do base all our decisions on our past experiences. Like we learn, that's what learning is. It's we have an experience and then we understand something new about the world and then we learn and we grow. And so when we have trauma in our past, it's confusing because our brain is like, well, this happened before. So this is probably what's happening. And that, you know, it's called learning when it's (laughs) in a positive scenario, but when there's trauma impacting that, then it's not healthy and it's our brain tricking us and it's creating this must be what's happening out of nothing. And it's really hard to get your brain to undo that kind of thought process, right? You kind of get stuck in rumination where you keep thinking the same things over and over again. You get stuck in that trauma. Um, And and this is where Sprig and I both 100% support like please get therapy, please get counseling. Um, If you're not comfortable with that, talk about it with your friends and be honest about your feelings. Be really reflective about the negative experiences because I can guarantee you, if you are dating somebody and you're letting that past relationship poison spill in, you're not going to be dating them for long because it's really hard to put up with that. Like, I'm not cheating on you. Like, I've, I've not done the thing. Your previous partner did it and I'm being punished for something I didn't do that someone else did to you. Um, so uh, we need we do need to take a short break, but we'll be right back to continue talking about previous relationships and how they impact our current ones.
All right, everybody. Welcome back to The Sex Trap. You're here today with Spring and Andrew, and we're answering today's question, how can I prevent bad previous relationships from poisoning my current relationship? And so far this episode, we've been talking about this as your partner has had trauma in their previous relationships, and it's sort of spilling over into what's going on. And the example that we've been talking about um, is if you had been cheated on in the past, and then in your brain, you're constantly thinking that your future partner, your current partner will cheat on you as well. And what do you do about it? This is also, uh, so I just mentioned like, you know, get some therapy, get some counseling. This is a huge shout out to our wonderful, amazing friend, Cindy Darnell. She handles these kind of conversations. She's She's a favorite sex therapist. She is. She's like the only person I send people to. I saw her yesterday. I just ran into her. I haven't seen her in forever. I know it was so great. I ran into her at a bagel shop in Harlem. I was like, ah, (laughs) Um, we'll put her contact details, uh, in, in, in the notes for this episode. So you'd be able to just click and find her website. There are amazing people who spend their lives helping undo the trauma and of the harm of previous relationships. Right. So, um, we're talking about, you know, someone else's trauma seeping in and spring and I like the, the hard part is the work is not your partner's job. It's your job to figure out what to do to make sure that you're over that drama and you're not, you know, blaming someone else for what or blaming your current partner for what someone else had done in the past. And yeah, so it's like, yes, you need to go to therapy. You need to process things that have happened to you, even if they seem like not a big deal. Like even if, you know, like it was a few years ago, one partner cheated one time, like I'm over that. Um you might think that you're over it until you notice these like little things in your relationship where, you know, you're just like, you're just overly skeptical of something that your partner said, or like you see something on social media, they posted in their story and you're like, what, what was that? When did you do that? Why don't I know about that? And like your brain just starts to like skip a couple of beats and like jump ahead. Right. And it's those little things. Those are signals saying, okay, there's still some past trauma affecting me here. And so these are really great things to look for. Like when something, when you blow up a little, even just internal say like, okay, wait, what else could be actually impacting my brain right now? Like what other experiences could my brain be relying on to try to create this information about what they, what my brain thinks is happening right now. And it does it, that is a very reflective process that needs to happen to continually be watching out for all of these little triggers and they're just, and they can be so tiny, right? Like this trigger could just go by one day. And then the next day when you're like really stressed, the trigger like blows up in your face. Right. And then, and then you have to say, okay, stop. What's really happening? Why am I really upset? And if we look at how learning works in the brain, taking us back to learning um, and how memory works in the brain, emotional memories are the most enduring. They last the longest. They are the most easy memories to make. Um, So if you had a really strong negative emotional response, even if cognitively you're like, you know what, I'm over it. I know it was just this one girl or this one boy who did this to me and I'm fine, you move on to the next person, cognitively, like the parts of your brain that are rational, like, yeah, you got it. You dealt with it. You feel good. But what Spring's talking about are a lot of like the little emotional triggers, because that emotional memory is what's going to last. And that's the place where you have to do that reflective work to really move beyond, to move past, to heal from it. Um, 
something that I like to say whenever I, I'm talking with my friends who are dealing with this kind of trauma is like learn to put just like a tiny stopgap in your emotional process in your brain. Right. So like those emotions, they come flooding back and they're so real to you. And you are certain that this other person is going to hurt or harm you in the same way. And you're trying to defend yourself. Right. Like you want to protect yourself from going through that same trauma or drama that happened previously. Um, and if you can train your brain to just put this one little sliver of let me think about it, just like and only has to like train yourself a couple seconds to like take a deep breath and be like, where are these coming from? Why is my entire body and brain now vested in this emotional response? Especially if you're with somebody who's never given you any cause or reason to question any of their behaviors or actions. Um, and now that, that one second pause or 10 second pause that you put in your brain between feeling that emotion and then responding to it, it's hard to get in there, right? Because, you know, emotions are natural. They're just part of our brains and bodies. It's how we defend ourselves. It's how we run away from lions. It's how we deal with past trauma, right? Emotions are good for us most of the time. But that little gap that you put in where you can analyze it for a second, reflect on it for a second and say, this isn't because of my current partner, right? I'm freaking out. I'm upset. I'm being triggered because of something that happened with the previous partner. And it's not fair of me to then take it out on my current partner. And so identifying these triggers then is really important too. So when you notice, you know, that you are triggered, like you could even keep a list of like different things that trigger or have triggered you in the past. So you can start to like find some patterns and like see, okay, what's happening here. And then also um, thinking about how to address those, right? So like when you know what some triggers are, then you can start to think about how am I going to make sure that these aren't triggering me? And that's, that's where we're really getting to today, right? And this is, it's not easy because even if you've been to therapy, even if you feel like you're over it, these things still happen. They still sneak their way in. And so it's finding a lot of tools, a lot of ways to try to do it. So putting that little moment between your realization of something that you think is happening and your response is great. And then also starting to list and starting to understand your triggers better and then starting to say, okay, you know, where are all these coming from? And when we really identify, you know, the past trauma behind it, it makes it much more easy for us to understand what's happening and then start to address it. And the, the addressing though, it can look like a lot of different ways. It can be talking to your partner about it. It can be journaling about it on your own. It can be taking that back to therapy again. It can be just like really understanding. And so that the emotional part of it isn't as strong. So now you can contextualize it and say, I understand why this is happening. So I won't it doesn't seem as important or as impactful now, right? So there's a lot of different ways that we're going to start to try to think about that. But the identification of it is really important and that it's a really reflective process, right? It, and it's it's hard to say like, to do that, stop, wait, let me think about this. And our brains are so prepped to blame someone else, right? Like our brains are set to take pain and eject it outwardly. And that's what we're doing most of the time in those situations. Like we don't want that pain for to be for us. And all blame is, is taking negative emotions and, and, and pouring them out onto other people. Um, and being aware of that is really helpful. Um, and I like that with Spring, like, I think my favorite thing that Spring was talking about with the triggers is um, talking to other people about it, right? She mentioned talking to your partner, talking to your friends, talking to a therapist or counselor, like talking to people is how we learn 
to cope with it. Um, in a healthy relationship, if you had trauma from a previous relationship, talking to your current partner about it comes back to like, you know what? I am really sorry I reacted that way or that I blamed you. I realized that I hurt you in the way that I responded. But then say, and it comes from what happened in my previous relationships. And I'm working really hard, right, with you, my current partner, to not let that previous relationship negatively impact what's going on now. We need to do a whole relationship about a po- or whole relationship. We need to do a whole episode about apologies at some point as well. Like, <laughs> how do apologies actually work? Because hate to tell you, everybody, I'm sorry is not a real apology. And it does nothing. So, uh, but that's a whole different episode for a different day. We're talking about previous relationships. Um, we do need to take another short break, but we will be right back to close out the episode. All right, everybody. So today we're talking about previous relationships and how they can really hurt our our current relationships. And we've been talking so far about um, like my partner's previous relationships negatively impacting my relationship. I think we should spend a couple of minutes also talking about like my, our, like the listen, like you're listening to us. What can we do about your previous relationships negatively impacting future relationships? And I want to start with something positive for just a minute, right? Like a You should date a lot of people. You should break up with a lot of people. You should ask a lot of people on dates. You should experiment with what relationships look like. You should find relationship patterns, styles that you like, right? Like you might love being with just one person, but you might love being with two or three people. You might love being with people of different sexes and genders. Like there's a lot out there. Um, And relationships are meant to be a learning platform where you get better at relationships. The point of dating multiple people over time, the point of having horrible relationships when you're 12 and 13 and 14 years old is to get better at future relationships. So as you're moving through relationships in your life and as you go through breakups, what I want every single one of you to do from this point forward at the end of that relationship, say, what are the lessons that I learned during this relationship, both positive and negative about myself and about other people, right? And you take those lessons you figure them out. And if you apply them to your next relationship, you are not that friend in your group who keeps dating the same terrible person again and again and again and again. It gets you out of that rut because you learn those lessons. Um, So breakups are a good thing, right? Like not all breakups are great, right? And, And we usually feel pretty terrible during that breakup process. And often breakups are caused by traums. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But if we do some work on ourselves in that process, our relationships get better and better and better. And no matter what you're looking for in those relationships, that gets better as well, whether it's the person or the sex or all of it gets better. But you have to do some work. And I think one of the big problems that we have when we get out of relationships is we desperately seek anything out there, right? Some people turn to alcohol, some people turn to marijuana, some people turn to rando sex, right? Those are not the things that you should turn to immediately. You should turn to yourself. Like, what can I learn about my mistakes? What can I learn about my partner's mistakes? And what can I do to make sure in that my next relationship, I'm not carrying that baggage with me, the negative baggage, I'm only carrying the good parts, looking for something better, and then making sure that I don't go for the same thing that caused me pain and trauma and hurt in the past. Oh my God, that's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel so overwhelmed right now. It, it, it is overwhelming, but that's the assignment. Like we don't give out homework on our podcast, but this is real life. Like the best advice that anyone can ever give you about getting better at relationships. Like if you see yourself going for the same kind of person that always ends in a traumatic, awful way, you know, that little like few second gap in emotions. Now I'm asking you to put like a couple hour gap of like, <laughs> all right, why do I keep going for this? It's bad for me. It doesn't work. I end up getting hurt or I don't like them and I always end up dumping them. Like know these things before you move into your next relationship. I should like come up with like a, a X relationship journal that we sell or like Ooh, answer yeah. these six questions. And then when like you go that. into your next relationship, look at the answers to those six questions and make sure that you're not doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, we always talk a lot on this show about communication and, you know, when you're in a relationship, whether you've been in it a while or whether it is new, it is really important, you know, whenever, whenever there's a little fight, just like even these like very little things or someone snaps at you to like pause and like have a conversation when you can, maybe it's not right away. Maybe it's later that evening, like what happened there? Like, and have a conversation about it because you can support each other through this. Like it doesn't have to be one person doing all the work. Um, because in a relationship, we do want to support each other and we are both working for the good of this new relationship. So you can help your partner. They can help you, um, as you're starting to like learn what things have triggered you in the past, um, and how you can process those things and prevent, um, things from blowing up in the future. And yeah, I think that, um, the more conversations you have about that with your partner. And then when they're bringing things up to your attention, like, you can also, like we said, take that conversation to your therapist or take that conversation to friends to help you process it more as well. Um, so that you're continually um, doing work together also to help develop the relationship. Exactly. Unless you are the first person, like in your very first relationship, right? And very few people are still with the first person they ever dated. Like everybody has the situation, right? Like everybody can have these conversations. Everybody can talk about what happened in previous relationships. Um, we have an episode coming up in a couple months about like not being able to handle my Rex's previous relationships. <laughs> I'm just kind of like <laughs> grinning and looking at the microphone now. Um, sometimes people don't want to talk about it, but it's, it's important to know that we're all in the same boat, right? Everybody almost everybody has multiple failed relationships in the past. Almost everybody has harms and hurts from relationships that come back and haunt them in their current relationships. Like this is normal. It happens to everybody all the time. And we use the example of cheating, but there's a lot of other stuff out there that can come back, right? It can be really small stuff. The way someone brushes their teeth or does the toothpaste or has the toilet paper on the roll, like have those conversations um, and learn from them and you'll have better, happier, healthier relationships. And that's how you prevent past trauma or traums or poison from getting in and, and, and really hurting or ruining or ending your current relationships. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you want to add today, Dr. Cooper? Oh, you called me Dr. Cooper. That's so sweet. Um, no, thanks, Dr. Porter. 
no one no one ever calls me dr porter that's weird for me all right so um if you have any questions about this episode or any follow-up or anything else that you'd like us to discuss about previous relationships poisoning your current one or any other questions about relationships or sex or sexual health or really anything else um feel free to reach out to us you can send us an email where the sex rap at gmail.com that's rap with a w you can uh Call us at 413-I-RAP-IT and you can uh, find us on our social media and send us DMs at The Sex Rap on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.